listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth back with you again this week on the podcast. Very excited. Got a special one for you today. I'm here in the studio with my good friend, Pastor Brian Tomes of Crossroads Community Church right here in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. He's crushing it. What's up, Brian? What's up, everybody? Glad that you're jumping on today. Listen, we got a great podcast for you today. We're going to talk, as you saw in the title, in just a minute, is three clear signs that you've backslidden. You know, nobody just ends up backsliding. Uh, You know, you don't just start one day on fire for God. And the next day you're, you know, in the middle of a, a bank robbery. <laughs> you know, it, does, it doesn't happen like that. There are clear steps, clear signs. And uh, it's important to be able to see these signs ahead of time to know uh, if you're on track. There should be some guidelines to know if you're on track with your life with Christ. And so we're going to show you some things that through years of ministry we've seen take place in the church. These are practical signs that almost always are taking place when somebody's on a downward spiral. You need to watch out for that. Before we jump in today, let me quickly say that we've got some things available for you. I told you this last time, uh, the new book is coming out in November, Further Faster on the Power of Impartation, and I made it available. I'm going to do the same again to anybody watch or listening to the uh, podcast today. If you'd like to get the first chapter of the book absolutely free, we have it available for you. So what I want you to do is I want you to click the link in the description that uh, that has the link towards the free chapter, and I want to send it to you absolutely free uh, as a thank you for listening to the podcast and being one of the family. We love you guys so much. Check out Monday Music Mashup, by the way. It's available today, a brand new one on Apple Music and Spotify. I know it'll stir up your spirit. Some great things on there for you guys. All right, let's jump in. Three clear signs that you are or have backslidden. And uh, we've seen these so many times. And the reason I love having Pastor Brian here today is because he is a pastor. Uh, as, you, as you guys know, I'm an evangelist. And obviously, pastors are right at the, uh, at the forefront, on the front lines, doing these things every week. Shepherds, as the Bible calls them, over the sheep. And so you get to see firsthand a lot of times, uh, Pastor Brian, what people are dealing with. Uh, when the enemy's trying to come against them, take them out of the kingdom. And, uh, you know, you see the ups and downs on a weekly basis. What's it like? Well, one of the things is you have to understand that you can't make people's decisions for them. The only thing you can do is help steer them. That's good. And so, um, but they're definitely, definitely. I bet you wish you could make their decisions for them. <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, we'd make a lot of different decisions for a lot of people. Absolutely. So, but uh, really, uh, our decisions determine our destiny. And the way the things that, that we decide uh, really step us into our tomorrows. No question. So, but there are some very clear signs. Uh, might as well just go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the sad thing about it is, is like when you were just saying that, I've I've felt that before. You see people making decisions that seemingly they're so simple, simple. Like the right answer is so simple. And it's like you're you're like going down a path. It's like, dude, can you not see, like how easy it is to make the right choice that would preserve your whole family. Think, think about this. How how hard is it 
to say no. Right. That's one of the simple things that people could do right now in their lives is say no to things that pull them from their purpose. No question. And start saying yes to things that pull them into their destiny. You know, I did something recently, and I think that, that this plays into a lot of what you're saying. You know, one of the things I recently did an episode on was five areas of your life that you have to master. But the key there being self-discipline. How many people in the body of Christ do you think are lacking that fruit of the Spirit, self-control? I think more people spend time planning a vacation than they do eternity. Yeah, that's no question about it. <laughs> no question. They got Pinterest little boards and everything they're going to do at Disney World haven't given a thought to their life or their, their Christianity. I mean, the way that you posture yourself in the kingdom is really going to determine the position that you have yeah. with God. So I think a lot of people fail to uh, posture themselves in a, in a manner that's worthy of His glory and fail to tap into all the benefits or the blessings that God has for them. Yeah, and basically, as you're saying, you know, that just means putting yourself in position to be blessed by God. Blessed. You know, put yourself in position. And, and, and you know, once you start to realize that God is not responsible for your next level of blessing or where you stand in the kingdom, but you are by your own actions and obedience and faithfulness to his word. You know, God doesn't magically put some people head and shoulders above the rest because he likes them more. It, it has to do with where everyone's faithfulness to the kingdom is at. And uh, that's why we're, we're going to start with that. It's like when you start seeing somebody that's headed backwards or on a downward spiral, spiral, one of the first things you notice in their life is decreased faithfulness to the house of God and the things of Number God. Number one, decreased faithfulness to the things of God. Absolutely. And you see it in a lot of areas. Your, your attitude determines your altitude. Ooh, I, I, <laughs> I, I love it. That's been said so much, but... It's so true, right? Your attitude oh. towards the things of God determine your altitude in the things of God. One of the things that's interesting is when you look at, uh, you know, where you can be faithful in the in the kingdom and in the house of God. You start seeing, you start seeing people drop off in different areas. You know, one of the things we, we see people that maybe once were on fire sitting up front early for church every week on the front row front row you start seeing them loving the lord you know worshiping god hands you, raised then you start seeing them middle row middle of the middle of the sanctuary next thing you know they're in the back row back row they're moving towards the door basically <laughs> what's going on it's it's funny they once were hungry once we're ready to like man people are showing up early praying before the service something happens engaged yeah engaged in worship that's right not to, not to mention, you know, volunteering, spending time in the serve teams at the church, volunteering their time, greeting, uh, you know, being an usher, being on the tech team, sound sure. team, worship team. You see that a lot. Especially when you're on the platform. Yeah. And one of the things you see is when people start getting to the place where, you know, they're, they're moving backwards or they're, they're starting to move away from the things of God. One of the first things they do is lay down their faithfulness in the serve teams. You notice that people dropping off, volunteers dropping off? It's well, they start calling out. Yeah, and you know, there's a, that's when my my pastor always says, you know, when something's changed, something's changed. Yeah, and so if you have a long track record of faithfulness, you know, and that's really important to the kingdom of God is being faithful. That's a good thing. I mean, you think about that phrase. I mean, that is pretty pretty interesting. When something's changed, something's changed. That's right. If there if there's a change in their faithfulness, something changed in their life. That's right. If there's a change in their attitude, something changed in their life. And it, it is a sign. When things are different, things yeah. are different. Yeah. And you got to keep it. Now, one of the things, those of you that are listening to the podcast, you're leaders, you know, you're pastors, you, you lead teams, whatever. You got to keep an eye out. 
you know, you have to be discerning about those that you're leading, those that are under you. You know, you can't be aloof. You can't have your head in the clouds and just, you know, think everything's going to, you, you have to literally watch over those that God's put under you and be discerning, noticing, are there changes? Do these people need strengthening? Do they need help? Do they need my encouragement? Do they need correction from the senior pastor? You know, these things have to be watched out for because just like raising a child, you know, you don't just have a baby, throw it into the living room, say, hope you make it. You know, there are things that have to be done, guidance that has to be done, you know, love that has to be shown, feeding that's got to go on if they're going to grow properly. That's right. And people start neglecting their, uh, number one, their attendance drops in, in church. Yep. You can see that. Oh, so yeah, they, it used to be there every week. Every every week, solid, faithful, on serve teams plugging away. Uh, just uh, you know, and that's that's what faithfulness. It's faithful, yeah. full of faith, yeah. faith in the things of God. That's right. Because when you when 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 you work the word, the word works. Yeah, of course. Well, you start seeing them. They were there four Sundays a month. Now they're at two, and they're two. not serving anymore. Now they they're once missing, a month. Yeah, missing every other Sunday. You yeah. know, well, they've you know got things that come up, and you know, you know, granted, something might might come up. I don't let anything keep me from. People think that they have to come to to receive worship. We don't come to receive worship. We come to bring worship. Yeah, I, I'm a worshiper. It. That's right. And that's why I go to church. What's well, the thing? Even if I'm on a, you know, my wife and I talk about this. Even if we're going on a vacation. We still find a place, yeah. a house of worship. We find a church yeah. if we're on vacation. That's right. And we go to church because I don't go to church because I have to. I go to church because I want to. I want to be in the presence of God. <laughs> Some people take a vacation from God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you, you laugh. I've heard people say that. Oh I've actually heard people say that, like, man, I need to get away and just take you know, so I don't start hating church. I need to take, it's like, well, hating church? What are you talking about? That's a clear sign. It's a, It's like, what are you doing that, that's causing you to hate? Oh, I was just in church too much, so now I'm starting to hate being in church. What do you hate about yeah, it? That's, you need we, to get your life right. We, we don't find that in 1 Corinthians 13. No, it's not. It's not there. <laughs> so, you know, you start seeing these things. You know, uh, it's not just faithfulness in the serve teams. It's not just faithfulness to attend church. But you start seeing other areas drop off. People's giving starts to drop off. Yeah, not not only that, they're just not faithful to the Word of God. Right, no, they, the Word. They, they, they start, you know, questioning the Word. Yep. They, they start falling away from the Word. They, and not only that, the, they it's, stop it's, working it. It's almost like obedience to the Word becomes optional. Oh, and, so you know what I mean? In their life, it's like, well, it's you know, I'm going to pick and choose. Over, <laughs> and, and that's the beginning, almost the beginning of the end. Oh, yeah. Of the relationship. You well, know? The, you know, if you look at the book of Proverbs, where the writer of Proverbs says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Right. So the beginning of destruction is when you stop fearing that's the good. Lord. That's so good. So you start to realize, I, I have to live my life in such a way that I am fearing God on a daily basis. And for those of you listening, you think, I'm not talking about being afraid of God. I'm talking about having a a, a reverent respect for God and or, the things of God. Or afraid of displeasing the Lord. Exactly. And not to the place where I'm like literally in fear, but I'm sitting here, I do not, I have no desire for anything in my life to be displeasing to God. I don't want to make God unhappy. No, of course not. You know, he's the only one that needs to be pleased. I mean, like, that's what we get in this generation where we try to please everybody. I don't care if anybody's unhappy with me as long as God's happy with me. Right. And faithfulness is the way to please God. Faithfulness pleases him. And you start seeing that. I love you said that. You know, people start dropping off. When someone's fire starts going out, you start seeing it on their Facebook posts. 
you know, the way they're living their life at home, the way they're living their life outside of church. They stopped, like you just said a moment ago, you know, their their faithfulness to obey the word. It almost seems like, well, you know, we do that on Sunday, but, you know, through the week we do what we want. Yeah, like like the Apostle Paul says, you're running a good race. Who cut in on you? Right. You know, and so clearly things can cut into the race that we're running with God. Absolutely they can. And so, you know, we've got don't to Don't you think you have to allow them to cut in? It's, you you can run away a race in such a way that you do not allow things to cut in on your race, right? And you, but see the thing is, if you if you do that, the way that you have to do it is you've got to be not you have to be aware. You know, it's like Paul said in in uh, in First Corinthians. He said that we're aware of the devil's devices. We're not blind to the fact that he's setting these traps for us, and because we're aware of them, yeah. we can avoid them at all costs. And then he also went on to say that uh, no temptation can seize you. Mm-hmm. except that which is common to man, that which you're around all the time, that yeah. which you've made a regular part of your lifestyle. And, you and that becomes the major answer, problem. That you've opened the door up to sin and you, you know, you stop. When you, when you stop moving forwards, you're either stuck or moving backwards. It's a very dangerous thing to lose your momentum in the kingdom. Can't. You know, you have to take steps actively on a daily Intentional. basis. To move forward constantly. Correct. Yes. Or see, the problem is people think there's a neutral. There's no neutral in the kingdom of God. You're either moving forwards or backwards. And the devil will take advantage of, of every opportunity that if you lay off and think, you know, one of the things my cousin Jonathan and I were recently talking about that Pastor Enoch Adeboye preached was God doesn't just check you to see how you react when attacks come. He also checks to see how you react after you've won a victory. Mm. How do you react to victory? How do you, do you posture take, yourself? Yeah, yeah, do you take it easy? Do you go into cruise control after you've won a victory? Or do you keep pressing just as hard as you were when you were in the middle of the fight? And a lot of times what happens is people win a victory and they lay off, and that's when the enemy comes and steals from them. That's right. And it's, it's a dangerous thing. You don't just see it in their in their obedience, but you start seeing people's giving drop. You're, you're then incline, recline. And when you're in recline, you immediately go into decline. Yeah, that's no question about so, it. So um, as pastors, I've seen thousands of people come, give their hearts to Jesus Christ. Sure. Thousands upon thousands. But when you when you look back over the course of time, not everybody continues. You know, there's, there's the fruit of repentance mm-hmm. where, you know, you, there should be clear signs that you're repented of sin and moving towards a cross. But mm-hmm. there's also a fruit of continuance. That's right. That, you know, you're showing God that you're going to be faithful with the things that, that uh, you've repented on. Vital. And you've got to move forward. The fruit of continuance is moving forward in the things of God. Absolutely. And then, you know, there's the fruit of transference. Mm-hmm. And so when we begin to trust God with, with what we have, then we can start making, to, you know, helping the Lord make disciples and doing the things that we're doing. Absolutely. Causes people to come to Christ when they see the faithfulness of God. But the, the, one of the first steps you we I see as pastor, like you said, attendance drops, mm-hmm. the given drops. Yep. And, and and there's like no particular order to those, but mm-hmm. any one of those is a clear indicator that you've stopped really caring mm-hmm. for the things of God, the Word of God. Well, that's because the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if you if you stopped valuing the things of God, then your treasure is no longer there. Right. You don't place your treasure in something you don't value. And the moment people start getting pulled away by a spirit of deception, then they start placing their treasure 
in other locations. It becomes their treasures placed in vacations, in the things that, you know, their toys, whatever they, they like. If they like hunting, it's, you know, it's in hunting trips and it's in guns and it's in new clothing. If it's fishing, boats, lake house, whatever. And you start seeing people's value changes and they change where their treasure is. They stop valuing the things, valuing the things of God, the house of God. And immediately you'll start to see it. The giving drops off. Because you don't give to what you don't believe in, and you don't give to what you don't love. And you don't come to see what you don't care about. Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, it's like, you know, it's like, I, I've talked about this a lot in preaching, but like, you know, you, I'm sure you remember when you started dating Jessica, when I started dating Carolyn, mm. you know, you cared about seeing her more than you cared about seeing other people. Oh. Be, because of the fact there was a connection there you valued, that valued. you wanted. That's right. And so you actually spent more time with her than you did with other people. We were developing the relationship. Absolutely. Deepening the relationship. So you're not going to give the same amount of time to some acquaintance you have as Jessica because you value that relationship. You want it to build. Yeah. So you're going to actually work to not just spend more time, but you're going to work to cultivate that I relationship. I value that voice. Absolutely. And that that becomes a major problem because it shows that's what, you know, if people think, well, I'm just not going to church. No, what you're really showing is, is that you don't want to spend time with that relationship because you don't value it like you used to. You visit what you value. It's exactly right. You, you exactly said it. And that's how I, when I first started out, and I'm sure when you did too, and anybody that's ever been in love, same thing is true. You spend time in a relationship that you want to cultivate and that you want to grow. You know, that's why I heard a guy say one time, if you really want to get to know somebody, dating them is the worst way to do it. Because what they continue to show you is the them they want you to see. You know, they're not always smelling that good. They don't always look that good. They don't, you know, they don't always act that nice. Right. And uh, he said, if you really want to get to know somebody, get a job out with them at McDonald's, frying burgers and putting fries in the oil and see what they're like under pressure. <laughs> then you'll find out what somebody's really like. But if you want to get around somebody and spend time with them, that that shows you value them. And the moment people start stepping away from church, the moment they stop giving to God, it's a sign that they've stopped valuing him and his house like they used to. Let's do a real quick recap of that first major sign. Yeah. Which is the decreased faithfulness to yeah. the things of God. Uh, yep. Yeah. And three visible signs of that would be, number one, obedience becomes op- to the word becomes optional. Absolutely. Number is. two, uh, giving to the things of God becomes optional. Yeah, they drop off. And then serve teams uh, becomes optional as well, where you stop serving. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those are three cl- – in the, in, the, in the house of God, those are three distinct things that as pastor – I take note of as a shepherd. Absolutely. When I know when that just shows me that there's a a, a sheep that is sick mm-hmm. are sheep that don't serve, mm-hmm. sheep that don't give, and sheep that don't obey the things of God. Absolutely true. Number two, the second clear sign that you have backslidden is that you develop a critical oh. spirit. And that really, in all honesty, stems from pride. A critical spirit stems from pride because you begin to see yourself as higher and better than those you're criticizing. That if they could just learn to do it like I do it, then they then everything would be good. Then they would there would be so many screw ups. But since they're such on such so much of a lower level than I am, they could really learn if they just sit and listen to what I have to say. That it becomes critical. You start criticizing everything. The ones you used to love. The ones you used to support, you were on the front row cheering them on, and now you've moved to the back of the church pointing fingers at why everybody else has a problem. 
Here, this stage of, of backsliding, if you want to even call it a stage, I think this is actually develops into a deeper um, spiral than just faith, uh, lack of obedience to the faithful things of God. Totally. But what happens is, is when you have a critical spirit, the Bible says that um, God opposes a proud spirit. That's right. So not only are you not faithful to the things of God now, now you are in actual opposition to God. To you God. become an enemy of the Lord. You do. And that's, you know, people wonder, you know, you can start to put these things together in the word and you connect the docs. But you know, look at this, the verse you just quoted, that God resists the proud, but gives more grace to the humble. So the literal favor of God comes on humble people, those with humility, but Posture. he actively resists and opposes people that walk in a spirit of pride. So then we ask ourselves, because people have quoted the verse for years, pride goes before destruction That's correct. and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's right. So well, people are probably like, well, why does that happen? Why does pride go before destruction? Because the moment you get into pride, God starts opposing you. And anything God opposes, he destroys. God, if you make yourself an enemy of God, you get into a critical, prideful spirit. God is actively resisting you. Pride says, I can do it better than you can do it. Absolutely. And, and what ends up happening, and this is dangerous, this is hugely dangerous, is that uh, you look at the parable of the talents, Matthew 25. Jesus uh, tells the story of how a master gave talents to three servants, gave five to one, two to one, one to one. Love it. Comes back after the journey, the one with five doubled it to ten, the one with two doubled it to four, the one with one buried it in the ground. And when he looked at that servant, he didn't just say, hey, you know, I'm disappointed in you. You should have had some return. He said, you wicked, wicked servant. Lazy. <laughs> yeah. So God looks at that and he says, I gave you a talent and you buried it and didn't do anything with it. One of the things a critical spirit will do is, is it'll get you to the place where you stop. You bury your talent in the ground. Well, I could be serving on, you know, I could be serving as a greeter. I'm a people person. I could be an usher, you know, whatever. But you know what? Because I'm critical about the way things are going, I'm not going to use my gift in this realm anymore. I'm going to bury my gift in the ground. And God says, you've taken the gift I've given you and you've buried it. You're wicked. Doing the wrong thing is doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at how severe that is. That's God said, that's wicked. I've put a gift in your life and you've buried it in the ground. You are wicked. If you read the parable, he says, bind him up and throw him into outer darkness. It's a sinful thing to take a gift from God and bury it in the ground. It's an evil thing to take what he's given you and misappropriate the gift because you have a critical or a prideful spirit. I have this, this, this vision of a worshiper lifting hands to God to yada, to come open-handed to God. What pride does is pride folds its arms in front of the Lord and says, I shall not be moved. And closes the hands. And closes the hands. Clenches its hands, closes, folds its arms, and as you said, I'll not be moved. And, that, and that's an interesting thought. You know, it's um, when you interact with God, I love the quote from Smith Wigglesworth who said, you know, when God doesn't move me, I'll move God. And in order to move God, you have to interact with God. You cannot move God without interaction. You know, we, we, I talked about this last night at the church. Uh, God inhabits the praises of his people. So it's your interaction with his spirit that makes him move on your behalf. I love that quote I heard. I'm trying to remember who I heard say it. But God, God answers your prayers, but he lives in your praise. It's interaction that moves him. You become an enemy of God. Pride is an opposition to God. 
and actually pride is it's we're talking about a critical spirit here sure it is an pride is the porthole for that critical spirit to come in absolutely it is and and that's exactly what happens is is it is it always thought that you know that the critical spirit was a person but it's an actual spirit that jumps on people through the porthole of pride that's exactly right that's why it's such a dangerous thing. You know, it's so it, dangerous. People just, you know, one of the things that I heard Bishop Oyedepo say one time, he was talking about how did people in the Bible become so great? He dealt with Moses. How did Moses become, the Bible says, the greatest man in all the land? And then he takes it back to the, to the verse of scripture that tells us that he was the meekest man in all the earth. There was no one more humble than Moses. And as a result, he became the greatest of all men. He, he, he didn't want to go in and grab tools and I'm going. It, God God said, no, no, come on. And matter of fact, I'm going to send somebody to help you. So mm-hmm. Moses received the help, but he did posture himself in, in humility. And yeah, the Bible says so. Meekest man in all the earth became the greatest man in all the land. And Jesus actually said it this way in Matthew chapter 5 uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Mm. Your inheritance is literally tied to your meekness and humility. When you get into a spirit of pride and, cr- and a critical spirit, it cuts off your ability to receive your inheritance from God. Um, meekness isn't isn't weakness. No. Meekness is strength under control. Yeah, say that again. Meekness isn't weakness. Meekness is strength under control. And the reason for that is because in God's kingdom, everything is delegated authority. Everything is. It comes from the top down. And you can rest assured and stand in that strength that God gives you. If you don't submit yourself to any authority, you have no authority. It's just like the military. It, you become, you go AWOL. You, know, you can't just leave your commanding officer and go start doing a mission that you came up with and think that the strength of the military is going to back you up when you get into trouble. They're going to say, no, we didn't command that mission, so you're on your own. In fact, you're going to military prison. And the military police are going to arrest you because you're operating outside your authority. That's what a critical spirit does is what a spirit of pride does. It gets you to pull out from spiritual authority and start doing your own thing because you think your way is better than God's way. It's a very clear sign number two is most definitely a critical spirit. Start pointing fingers at everything. The worship doesn't sound right. The the sound team doesn't do a good job. I, they didn't smile me at me in the church and like, you know, you should get the red carpet treatment when you come in. Um, you know, I, I don't like what I have to do. I don't like the position that they, they give me in our serve team, so I'm not going to serve at all. Be, and, unless I can't be on that platform, I'm not going to serve God. And what you do is you posture yourself as an enemy of God in the house of God. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you know as well as I do that pride and a critical spirit is an absence of love. And God is love. The Bible says that the the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So we also know that love is not just a spirit. It's a choice because it's a fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Right. You have to choose to walk in love. So the moment you're in pride, the moment you're in critical spirit mode, you've stepped out of love. You've stepped out of the spirit of God. And the Bible says that if you, you know, if you, any man that, that hates his brother, the love of God's not in him. You start criticizing people, running them down, talking about them behind their back, spreading rumors, spreading lies, causing divisions. And let me, let me get into this for a second, because this, this blows some people's minds. Paul said, if there's people in your church causing divisions, warn them once, warn them twice. After that, kick them out and have nothing to do with them. 
don't even eat with them, he told them. First uh, Corinthians 5. Yeah, he, he dealt with it at the end of Romans, chapter 16, and dealt with it in Titus. He said, cut them off. I mean, you're talking about the man who was in sin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, talk, you're talking about the guy who wouldn't stop sleeping with his stepmother. <laughs> and they said, listen, warn him, and if he keeps on in sin, turn him over to the devil, That's kick it. him out, have nothing to do with him. That's right. And so the bottom line is Paul talked about how this is not some little thing to be glossed over. This is life and death for other members of the church. Because once that, that spirit's like a cancer, it'll start spreading through your body. Yeah. And if you don't deal with it and cut it out like a tumor, then what ends up happening is that critical, you know, there's negative impartation, sure. not just positive. That's right. You let people get around other people and spread that discord and that critical spirit, it'll start getting into somebody else and then somebody else. It's true. Before you know it, you've got a whole section. It used to be your amen As section. As pastor, I notice all the critical people get together. They well, gather together. Birds of a feather flock together. And like spirits come together. So, you know, uh, one of the things that you have to be careful about, which actually almost leads us right into our third point That's here today. That's exactly right. Is, um, Next thing you know, you've got a home group that all they do is sit around and talk about everybody. You know. My goodness. <laughs> it's I, true. But then, you know, you got scriptures that say if you cause any of these little ones to stumble, it's better that you just take a chain tied around your neck and, yep. and, and toss yourself into the sea. Don't throw yourself into the sea. Yeah. It's dangerous. Spiritual death comes with the critical spirit. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and it's interesting you brought that point up because, you know, the Bible's saying that, you know, you will, you will be judged for living in sin yourself. But. When you start pulling other people in with you, there's a more harsh judgment that comes upon you for doing that to God's little ones, uh, according to Scripture. I think it's in Titus that says, even in the churches, there's enemies of the cross. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And our lifestyle should reflect the things of God, which is causes our unbelieving neighbors to come to Christ. Yeah, no question about and it. And so, you know, our, our posture and pride puts us in position of opposition to God. And you become an enemy of God. And then once, as you just said a moment ago, people of like spirits flock together. So the moment you get into that pride, the moment you get into that critical uh, you know, attitude, what are you going to start doing? You're going to start pulling yourself to be around people who are just like that. If you have a critical spirit, you're in critical condition. Yep. And that's that's that needs to be written down because... That's one of the biggest things in the body right now that's destroying people. As you go in, I've been in some churches, man, it feels like it, you know, you go right down the middle row of the aisle, everybody on one side, it's almost like they're staring daggers at the people on the other side and vice versa. It's like there's, there, there's, there's like tension in the body in churches. You got clicks. People start hanging out in clicks, and then they start talking about the other people in the group. Well, they don't talk to us anymore, and we don't talk to them. Yeah. I don't care for him. I'm, I'm an unhappy. I'm angry. I, I don't like what she I, said to me last know, week. And, and, you know, if this person is angry, and this, they, they, can, they can, you know, people want their dysfunction to be coddled or embraced yeah. instead of, you know, speaking the truth in love. Next thing you know, people are writing vaguely worded Facebook posts that you know it's about, who, you know exactly who it's about in the church. Yeah, that's correct. You know, it's like, oh, you think you're, you know, it's, it's not, you're not shielding everybody. Everybody knows who you're talking about. And then there's a war. Now there's a social media war. People stop coming to church and people, you know, I've seen it. Here's what's crazy. I've seen it go down through the generations to where kids of those parents won't talk to each other. My God. They didn't even do anything wrong to each other. I know. But because their parents are in a mess. I'm sorry, I can't play with yeah, you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. What a shame. And then they start carrying on their parents' grudges and feuds. My goodness. It's insane. No, yeah. I'm telling you, it destroys. And then you end up, uh, this is number three, by the way, you end up forming relationships that are outside of the faith. Mm. Dangerous. It's not that we are to cut ourselves off for people from people that aren't Christians. We minister to them. We give them the gospel. We're trying to encourage them, bring them into the house of God. 
but you're not supposed to make valuable relationships with people who aren't serving God. It's like a spiritual funeral. You know, when you when when all you hang around with is unbelievers at this point, it's not your mission anymore. It's it's more your mandate now is yeah. to you know to to embrace the dysfunction of others. That's what happens and, and by start, default. And you start forming circles outside of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And really, what you're doing is you're forming alliances with the enemy. That's exactly what you're doing. And the sad thing is, is people don't recognize this. They think, you know, they don't even catch themselves doing it. What I've found is. People are the worst at introspection. They can judge everyone else's life and what they should have done, and they are the worst at looking at their own life and and spotting the issues and the problems. Broken people can't help broken people. And that's what they're trying to do throughout the body of Christ. I use that illustration in my preaching a lot is that there's no homeless man that buys another homeless man a home. You have to have resources first before you can help somebody else. I, I think the reason that people, broken people like to get advice from broken people because they found that maybe their stories are worse than theirs. It makes <laughs> yeah. them feel better. It's like a, it's yeah. like a medication That's right. for their like, misery. Geez, <laughs> geez, I'm not doing as bad as him. I must be all right. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> but it, it is true. And then, and then what you start to see is that the people who stop being faithful to the house, stop being faithful to, their, to attendance, serving, giving, you know, they jump into a critical spirit, and now they're not in church. What are they doing? They're hanging around people that also left church because they were "quote unquote" wounded or yeah. offended. Yeah, they've ad- they're they're adjusting their theology to accommodate their tragedy. Always happens. That's and, huge. And then they're they're trying to pick scriptures out of the Bible that uh, that'll accommodate their dysfunction. Yep. Instead of really embracing, and what they've done is they've neglected the spiritual gifts that God puts in their lives. They Absolutely. they stop using the gift of the pastor. They don't they don't re- you know uh, receive from uh, the prophet. And the event, they don't receive from the things of God anymore. They stop reading their Bibles. They are completely backslidden at this point. Yeah, and, and you start to see when you, you start recognizing people have either formed relationships with people who don't even you know care about the things of God, or they get sucked back into old relationships from the way they used to live. People from their past that are now back in their life and they're back doing the same things they always did. The Bible says, as the as a dog returns to its vomit. That's what the, as the Bible likens it to that. In the same way, people go back to living the same, you know, stupid lifestyles that they did before they were delivered. They forgot how good God's been to them. They forgot all the blessings that He's placed in their life, and they go back to doing the same things. Then you now, before you know it, you know it's not long. You know, a couple of weeks goes by, a month goes by. They're back getting drunk on the weekends, posting the pictures on Facebook. You know. <laughs> That's it. That's that's exactly what happens. Yeah. It, it's like you're watching a slow train wreck. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't even look away. You're trying to look you away. You can't like unsee it. You every know? time, and it's very sad. And you know, it breaks not my make, heart. Yeah, we're not making light of the fact. It's a very sad thing. People are being destroyed. But the the problem is, is they've allowed things into their life at an early stage that they could have checked, that they could have corrected that they didn't. And as a result, this thing snowballs on you and a little problem becomes a massive problem because you didn't catch it at the beginning. And you go back all, all the way to the beginning of what we were talking about. You know, you go back to the place where people stop being faithful. What is it in your life? See, that's why when your faithfulness starts to falter, you got to look inside yourself and say, what about me is changing right now? What is causing me to become inconsistent? You know, I used to be consistent. What is causing me? That's why it's very important to take stock of your life. 
You know, Paul said that he did it on a daily basis, the apostle. He said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I put my body under on a daily basis, which means he had to stop and look, what are the things my body is telling me to do to try to get me into an inconsistent place in my life and ministry? And what can I correct today? That'd be a good question to leave this podcast episode with and, and, and write it in your Bible or on your mirror of your bathroom and, and ask yourself, what can I correct in my life today that's going to put me into a more consistent place, a more faithful place than I've been in the past? You know, that's a wonderful question to ask. You know, I think a lot of people, if they could just do a healthy self-evaluation, they could correct so many things. They in need life. to. So real quickly, let's, let's go over the, 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 the three majors that we have. Number one, decreased faithfulness to the things of God and the house of God. Your, you, you, your you know, obedience to the words optional, your giving's dropped off, your faithfulness to attend and being part of helps groups dropped off. Number two, you have a critical spirit. Pride has crept in. Why? Self-evaluations have not been done. You're not keeping yourself in a place where you're checking on your spirit, checking on your mind, checking on your flesh on a daily basis. And as a result, what happens? You start to flock, number three, to people who are just like that. And you form unholy alliances with people that are opposed to the things of God. And it's a very dangerous place to be. I want to, before I'm going to have Pastor Brian pray for you in a minute, that every person that's listening to this podcast, that God would give you supernatural strength and grace to stay faithful and consistent and to run your race with momentum for the things of the kingdom of God. But I want to say that. I, I want to encourage every person that's listening. I, I did that. If you haven't listened to that episode, five areas of your life that you must master, and I'll quickly run, run back over them again, it's your spiritual life, it's your mental life, it's your physical life, it's your relational life, and it's your financial life. I want you to go back over your life today. Take a minute, like literally shut your cell phone off, put it on DND, you know, close down things, get some quiet time. I want you to sit there and think, take stock of your life. This is a scriptural principle, by the way. Take stock of your life and and ask yourself, over the last 12 months, have I become more faithful or less faithful? Over the last 12 months, have I become more consistent or less consistent? Am I more of a blessing today than I was 12 months ago or am I less of a blessing? Have I become more of an asset or am I a liability to my generation? And then go back and if, if you're finding that you're less consistent, less faithful, ask yourself a question. What has caused me to decline in my faithfulness? What has caused me to decline in my consistency? And then ask God by the power of his spirit that whatever is an enemy of your consistency, whatever's an enemy of your faithfulness, to send the fire of God from heaven and burn that thing out of your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God's looking for people who are staying connected to the vine of Christ. The Bible says he is the true vine, John 15. We are the branches. Anyone who remains in me, he said, will produce much fruit. But do you see that? Your responsibility is to remain in him. Notice he's not responsible for whether or not you remain in him. You are responsible if whether or not you're remaining in him. And that consistency will determine your blessing, your increase in the kingdom of God. So I want Pastor Brian, who I'm telling you, if you don't know Pastor Brian Tomes, he has been a massive blessing to the kingdom of God. 
his testimony is phenomenal. We don't have time to give it all here, but he took this church. They put him here, the Assemblies of God, in Crossroads, and the church was barely running anybody at the time. I mean, what did you have, like 30, 40 people? Yeah, 35 people. 35 people. And there were, like like we're talking about today, there were people with problems in the church that were, you know, there was strife, there was division, causing the church to not grow. Pastor Brian Tomes was a strong enough pastor to deal with the problem and cause those people, they, you know what, they had to go. Good. You have to get weeds out before you can have growth. And the church went down to a place where it could grow, and now he's at a place running well over 600 people, new building, beautiful facility. God continues to increase. What did you have on Easter, like 1,100? No, we had uh, 960. 960. I mean, to go from 35 and then down to 20 or whatever you went down to after that and up to almost 1,000 people. We have 1,100 this Christmas, man. I'm going to deem you as a prophet. Come on. But, uh, you know, increase. It's amazing to see what God's used this man of God to do in a region of the nation where people say it's impossible to have revival. All things are possible. All things are possible. And God's doing it supernaturally. So I want this man of God to pray for you today and encourage your faith that it's time like never before to become faithful and consistent in the kingdom of God. I want to give you real, real quick three quick tips on picking up and correcting. This is an application moment here. Number one, if uh, you found yourself not giving, not serving, and, and completely in objection to the things of God. Start reading your Bible. Start praying again. Get your rear end back in church faithfully every Sunday, not every other Sunday. Yeah. You've got to supernaturally turn this around. You've got to start praying and make sure that you jump into a connect group. Number one, that'll fix and remedy issue number one. Number two is instead of having a critical spirit, the way that you get out of the critical spirit is start getting a complimentary spirit and start complimenting the things that you see that are going well and it'll move you away from being a critical person into a complementarian person and that's the, the position god gives grace and favor to the humble but move away from the opposition of pride and then number three is you certainly want to get in the right circles get rid of anybody that's pulling you from your purpose and get with people my father told me that you are the sum total of your five closest friends if you want to be successful in the things of god get around successful men and women of god father i pray right now for your people lord i pray that you strengthen them let this uh, uh word that that came to them today Yes. Lord, illuminate it in their hearts, Lord. Let them move away from backsliding. And Lord, I pray that they find themselves rooted and planted in the things of God. Yes, Jesus. And Lord, we are thankful for the ability to pray. Lord, I pray that you supernaturally begin to build your people up, Lord. And I pray that they move away from the critical spirit, the unbelieving spirit, God, and uh, those things that hold them. I pray that they, they get those people out of their lives that don't belong in their life. And, Lord, I pray that they get around great men and women of God that would strengthen them because iron sharpens iron, God. And, Lord, I pray right now that you would do the incredible when we do the difficult. And, Lord, we are thankful for the opportunity to pray. I pray for every person listening to this podcast today that you bless them, resource them, and elevate them to the place they need to be. Help them now in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Drop them with that Amen. question. Amen. Listen, love you guys. Don't forget, we're back again on Wednesday. Now, new schedule for the podcast, Mondays and Wednesdays. Coming up on Worship Wednesday. You're not going to want to miss it. It's powerful. Share it with somebody today on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Friendster, MySpace, Carrier Pigeon. Send it out in a smoke <laughs> signal. However you're going to get it to somebody Oopa, today, <laughs> send it to somebody. Zach, walk, quick, walk. Boosh, boosh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to click the link in the description. Get the free chapter and listen to Monday Music Mashup. We love you guys. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Don't forget, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. Talk to you soon. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 